This is Sam Caligioni, founder and CEO of Dogfish Head Brewery, and you are listening to At The Bar Podcast. Cheers. Welcome to a very special episode of At The Bar Podcast. I'm one of your usual suspects. I'm Mike. Joining me as usual. I'm Jeff. In, in person. In person. In yes. Person. Oh my God. Yeah. It's a special. I forgot. I can always forget. That's why it's a special episode, yeah. right? We're we're uh, next to each other. We're on location. On location. Wonderful. Jeff, where are we? We're at Walking Tree Brewing in Vero Beach. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Is there another one? Vera Beach. Oh. I always get the two confused. And we're joined. We'll let him introduce himself. We were joined by. What's up, everybody? It's Alan Drittenbass. And you do what here? <laughs> uh, everything. Yeah, everything. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. Typical. Uh, no matter what it is, it's got to get done from top to bottom. So. So yeah. you, you do your part owner, co-owner. Yep. And you brew too. I really don't. I'm involved with recipe design and uh, more just operations. Cool. I do a lot of paperwork. Mm-hmm. That's what I hear. Sales, hey, marketing. Once, once you hit that pinnacle. It's all paperwork, and then no brewing. You've made it. To <laughs> You've it. made it. Yeah. So we're not air conditioned here. So the desk job is not that bad. Well, we are, we are air conditioned here. <laughs> yes, we're hanging and out. What in is the, this room called? This again? is the arbitrarium. Yes, in the arbitrarium. Yeah. And it's right off to the left of the entrance. Yep. And why is it called the arbitrarium? Because it's full of arbitrary things. <laughs> we love the room. I love it. Know? Oh yeah, it's nice wood table, barrels around. We got Florida fish pictures and. I don't even know what what is that above the door. There's so much random stuff. That's the artist said something about horses from the front and the back. You you can see both ends. Yeah. What interesting. What I like most building here. So is is the light above us? Did you ever see that? Holy crap! Didn't even see that thing. It's amazing when people drop off here. You have a big building, and people all of a sudden think they can clear their garage out, and you're just going to want all their stuff. <laughs> How cool that is. Isn't that, that right? cool? Yeah, that was in this guy's living room. He does our credit card processing, Gary Fruningen. Um, he does like, beautiful woodwork, and yeah, he was like, this is this something. is in my living room. I need to clear some room out. And you guys want it? I'm like, heck yeah, we want it. Yeah, it looks like driftwood tree roots or something like yeah, that. Yeah, somebody into dropped. a chandelier. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, so we're in the side room here. It's nice and quiet AC, which we're not typically used to. No. When we do on-site, we're mm-hmm. normally in the uh, sweat and grime of, of a brewery. That, yeah, Doing good things, speaking. typically speaking. But we're here in Vero Beach at Walking Tree. So we're going to get right into the business, part one. We're going to go in the history. So, Alan, start us from the beginning. And where did you – maybe what did you do before you started brewing? Oh, man. A before life before I started brew. brewing, I drank a lot of light beer. Um <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, I went to architecture school down at FIU and FAU uh, in Miami and Lauderdale and started homebrewing basically for Alden Bing's bachelor party. He owns Orchid Island Brewing Company here in town, Uh, one of my best friends growing up, and we went south for his bachelor party and did a whole slew of things. (laughs) <laughs> and one of them was to homebrew. There was a little bop, a little brew on premise system in Lauderdale. He's since gone out of business. But yeah, that's when we first brewed. I can't even remember when, 2006. I've been hooked ever since. So we used to go to this bar called Titanic. It's a like jazz bar that's a microbrewery right oh, yeah. across from UM. Very cool. Old. I wish I knew what year. It's old. 
Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so we hung out there a lot. That was really my intro to craft beer. What did you drink kind of before craft? Like, were you a Bud Light guy, Miller Light guy, Coors Light guy? You're never going to win this argument. I don't know why you bring this up. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not embarrassed to say it. I was definitely a, a Budweiser guy. Okay, good. That's you know? Middle ground. That's point for me. That's, no, it's not. Yeah, Budweiser. That's what I grew up on, stealing them from my dad's fridge. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. first beer I ever had was a Heineken stolen from a nice. cool Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's high class. <laughs> my my family had some kind of party going on. There was coolers out on the back patio, and I thought if I walk out the front door around the side of the house, I can come right up to the side of the patio and steal it without Damn, anybody noticing. That was planned. Disappear into the dark like the dark night. <laughs> so I had I stole a Heineken. I tasted it and thought it was awful, but it drank the whole thing. So of course you did. Yeah, so, now I like Heineken a little bit. It's all right. Yeah. So what was your first that you can your first kind of maybe crappier that you had that you remember having and they're like wow i mean definitely titanic brewery first time i'd ever heard of a flight it's like what they have that many beers you can get a flight um and then i remember going to the grocery store with my fake id and buying um flying dog mixed 12 pack of bottles whoa all like, right yeah badass and then um three philosophers oma gang yeah. Uh, nice. Big, big quad with cherries. Uh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> I remember reading about it in a magazine, and I was like, "What is this? It looks like you know some fancy liquor." And so I, that was kind of my entry into the addiction of trading and seeking beers out and uh, yeah. hoarding uh, and selling. Uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, I I seeked that beer out and found it and fell in love with it. I had no idea beer could taste like that. And be 11% alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, it's, it's not absurd. taste like... What beer's turned into is just crazy. It's crazy, yeah. yeah. So you started homebrewing, you went to Titanic, and kind of, it, it kind of clicked in your mind that, wow, this is maybe something that I love and, and, and passionate about. So kind of take us through the journey of, you know, post-Titanic brewery, you leave, you're like, oh shit, your world's kind of turning upside down maybe, maybe this architecture thing isn't going to work out. Kind of, where do you, what are you doing next? So I was working in a firm and I was spending a decent amount of my hours on YouTube and <laughs> listening to podcasts yeah. Yeah. all day long. I'm drawing with earphones in listening to podcasts and uh, I, ha- I was really just addicted to homebrewing and the, the science behind it and the art and the collaborative collaborative spirit of, of, you know, the whole hobby, you know, going pro really never, was in my mind for years it was just where can i get another refrigerator because i need i need another i need more i need more, I need more. You know? yeah, I, yeah. oh I yeah think, yeah by the time we opened this place i had five refrigerators in my garage all at different temps with i mean we would be fermenting you know 12 carboys at once but yeah that's uh has, has that's really where it Sorry, has this giant facility quenched your thirst for more? Do you finally have enough, or are you still wanting more? <laughs> you know, it's amazing how small this place feels after a couple of years. Oh, my God, it looks big. You know, it, it was big when we got it, and now that it's starting to fill You're in, filling it's, it like in. Truly it's not everything's that looking big. small. Yeah. It's still big when you forget the hammer on the other side of the building, and you got to go get it. It's a long walk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, so kind of when did you decide that – so you're homebrewing, you're getting your recipes down, you got all these carboys. When does it click that you're like, let's, let's, let's open a brewery. Let's, let's make this let's a professional. Actually, let's, let's, let's roll. 
let's make a business plan. Yeah. Let's yeah. see if this Absolutely. is viable. Yeah. What would it take to quit the day job? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was, um, you know, I came into architecture at a rough time. I started at the firm in 2009 and there wasn't a lot of work and the work that was there wasn't exciting. You know, when you yeah. come out of school and you're hungry and motivated and then it's like, oh, you're remodeling bathrooms. Yeah, it was like that is about as rough a time as you can get into. Market. Yeah, there was <laughs> yeah. not much going on. The entire housing market collapsed a year prior, and then yeah, we were lucky. We did government work, and that's the only reason I yeah. had a job is government contracts. But uh, it just wasn't exciting. So I think 2011 is really when when we started kicking the idea around and and really putting some time into business plans, mm-hmm. which turned into pitching to banks and investors and starting to realize. Wow, this is going to be expensive. <laughs> yeah, like, oh my goodness, yeah. right? Is this the original facility that you started here and then yeah. grew into it? Yeah, we, we found this building. We knew about the building and we went to a realtor and said, hey, you know, show us around. We told him that day we want it. And it took like seven months and six different law firms until we had keys because it's a very wow. complicated, with two leases, and it's on airport property with a building that's owned by the city. It's a mess. But we're here. We made it. We made it. Yeah. So <clears throat> when you first moved into this facility now, what were the first couple of maybe beers that you brewed here and, and re- released on tap? So our, our first core were definitely uh, Straw Hat. was the very first beer we ever did. It was batch number one with Straw Hat, and we really haven't changed it much since then. Uh, batch number two was Sandy Feet, and then IPA, and you know from there we did a, an English Pale Ale prop root, and um, we did Barnacle Manatee, our barley wine, and and Duke Snyder's our Imperial Stout, pretty much like right off the bat. We're like, all right, we got to get these big beers fermenting because they take a long time. Oh yeah. So what <clears throat> kind of where'd you in terms of equipment? You started at let's say what size equipment? And what are you kind of brewing at now? So we were really excited because there was an option in Florida to buy a system. So we bought from BrewFab over in St. Pete. They make a really high-quality product. They had never done a 20-barrel system before, so they wanted one in their portfolio. And, you know, we saved $20,000 in shipping, you know, versus buying something from Canada or whatever. Yeah, overseas, whatever, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Two and a half hours away. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a 20 barrel system. We started with a, a, a two vessel, but the whole system was plumbed and, uh, designed for a third vessel, which we got about a year later after opening. Okay. That's so, not bad. Yeah. We didn't think it would be that fast. Yeah. Right. How many beers can you kind of turn out at a time? Oh man. That's a really good question. I'm, I'm getting, I'm oh, real specific on you now. <laughs> yeah. Cause I got, I got a. I told you we're not going to trip you up, but there's a question I want to get to, and I'm building up to it. That might trip you up. All right, cool. Um, <laughs> hopefully this coffee kicks yeah, yeah. in soon. Soldier was a bad idea. <laughs> a CD release party here last night for uh, one of our favorite bands, Soul Jam. Um, it was a, a late night. So, yeah, I'd say uh, a 20-barrel batch is basically enough beer to – you'd have to drink like 10 beers a day for a year to, to finish a 20-barrel 20 be- batch. Um, and that's doable. If you, if you, if you put <laughs> your mind to it, you know, yeah, you, oh, yeah. it's, if it's a small beer, yeah, anything yeah, is yeah. possible. Anything's possible. Yeah. You just got to believe. So 20 barrels, how many fermenters you have? 
So we started with uh, two 20s and three 40s with a 40-barrel bright. You started with that? Yeah. And within a year, we bought two more 20s and three more 40s and another bright, two more brights. In the, all that in a year? Yeah. My mind's kind of blown right now. You should That's a see, lot. go to a bar anywhere in the Treasure Coast and see how they, got, they have Walking Tree on tap. I, mean, oh, yeah. I have a permanent tap. I only have six taps in my restaurant. I have a permanent tap with you guys. So it's, you what know, beer is that? The Walking Tree White IPA. I know that, yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah, it's a good one. Well, thank you. Um, how many, I, I see out the window here you guys have a, a, a barrel program. Yeah, that's really my passion. Um, it's probably an addiction, really. There's, there's Can't tell. It's a good addiction. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think right now there's probably 97 oak barrels here, and probably 85 of those are full. Um, when Once we've used them, they go into our sour program. Oh, nice. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of people sell them or give them away, you know, planter boxes or whatever, rain barrels or just mm-hmm. tables and furniture and right, all that. Sure. But um, they still have value for us, you know. Sure, it's sure. It's a fermentation vessel, so... Luckily, we have the square footage, yeah. so we, we send all of our used barrels to the sour program. And, and how, big, how big is this facility? We never, I never it's asked. It's a 24,000-square-foot building. It's built in 1945 by the Navy. It was just a supply warehouse. It's elevated up 42 inches, so trains used to pull right on the side of the building and unload on the side. Um, pretty much everything the Navy needed to survive here came through this building. Yeah. Which is why the roof is so strong. Yeah, it's I mean, all tank. kinds of stuff up there. I, I really like before I get into this this doozy of a question. I really like the, the whole the, the way the tap room is so open. Like, there's no walls outside of the room we're just in, and it's something incredibly, I think, unique and very. We don't see a lot of breweries that are as spacious. Well, yeah, and you were as able this to and all the segment it with the barrels and, and yeah. stuff, which is a very way cooler than putting a half wall up or whatever. It's just a glass door or glass window, right? And have it all sectioned, cool. quarantined off. So, yeah, I like it. Um, the doozy of the question is, and there's no answer I'm looking for. It could be a answer. It could be a bunch of answers. So before we try the beers, I want to ask you, what makes Walking Tree different than the 5,000 other breweries in the country? Or what makes Walking Tree different than the breweries in Florida? It could be the beers you brew, your mentality, your style, what you choose. What makes Walking Tree – what would make people listening to this episode – drive down or drive up to Vero Beach and swing in? So I think there's two things that, Super that really... Uh, no, there's a lot. Oh, my it's, God. It's, no, it's, it's a big one. And now this is the whole episode. <laughs> yeah. All right. Pause. So, yeah. And we're done. Get comfortable. I'm yeah, going to start yeah. talking. <laughs> um, definitely brewing true to style, I think, is something that is rare these days in America. God, I yes. mean, there's no rules. You can do whatever the hell you want, and people do. And oh, I yeah. think for us... You know, brew and true to style is really what we we're all about from the beginning. And, you know, if somebody wants to know, you know, say the homebrew club, like, oh, well, I, I don't know if this is good or not. Like, well, let's go up to Walking Tree. They've got one on. Let's, let's compare it. Mm-hmm. You know, so everything we do, we try and do true to style, historically accurate uh, from, you know, ingredients to water profile to, I mean, fermentation, uh, mash, everything we try and do as true as we can um so that's that's the beer side of it you we you're really not going to see any crazy peanut butter and yam you know we don't really mess around with any culinary inspired beers um but, but i think what's most important to us is uh is the community especially here in vero we try to be as involved as we can be with 
nonprofits from, I mean, the <laughs> we've worked with 30 of them here, and the wide range of people that come in that may not like craft beer or may have never tried craft beer, and they come in because there's some fundraiser, and they meet people that they would have never met and probably never talked to before. Mm-hmm. And now they're sitting at the bar next to each other and they're talking and, and that's, you know, that's creating uh, a sense of community. That's creating commerce. I mean, this town is, I think, growing and coming together because of a place like this. Awesome. So. Absolutely. Is. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So let's want to do the beers now, Jeff. Let's dive into the beers. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Unless you got a question. Well, I was just going to say true to style is such a good point for you guys. That is something that like I I truly believe that every beer I've had from you guys is true to style. Like I'm I'm drinking the uh, the black IPA right now and right away I said I love them. I love them because they're just like grassy, rooty, dirty kind of, you know, funky beers, but that's like that style you get the hops, but you get the roast, you get that kind of like somewhere in the middle of like a earthy kind of grassy beer. And, I, and it, you nailed it. And it's one of those things that, like, we talk about it on the show when we're doing Untapped, which I have since stopped you pretty mean much Mike, doing. You when, mean when Mike does Untapped? Yeah, I, I <laughs> did it for a little bit, and I kind of gave up on it. Stepped away, huh? Um, <laughs> but Untapped, it's like if when I try a beer, and if it, if it doesn't hit style, it automatically it's, like, less than a three. If it just hits style and I don't even care for it, it's automatically at least a three. So it's like, to me, that's, that's the benchmark is, like, does it even hit style? Because there are people, like you said – they call it something and it's just nothing like that you know oh it's a porter and it's like thinner than a brown ale or you've got you know all this different and it's you know hitting style to me is like a, is a huge point unless right. unless that's your whole business model it's culinary beers or something yeah. like that well then whatever style you put on the bottle is kind of inconsequential does it taste like sweet potatoes or not you know like, <laughs> but like if you are brewing a beer and you're telling me it's a stout, it needs to be a stout, or else what's the point? And and they're doing a disservice to the entire industry because I mean, we're, it's obviously exploding, it's growing. I mean, grandparents are now on Facebook and are now drinking craft beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's a wild world now. And if you're putting a beer out that's not actually that, and people are trying it for the first time, now they think that's what it is. And then when they go to a bar that's actually making a good one, they're like, oh no, that's not well, that's not good. And we'll you learned wrong right you know it's it's we're educating people here we have a responsibility to give accurate information absolutely that's a, you bring up a, a good point with that is is it depends what that person's first interpretation oh that's, that's the of an ipa is or of a and that's something that i never thought conundrum. about but i bitch about all the time that's the ipa conundrum that's yeah. that everybody thinks they're an ipa drinker because they had some ipa that they liked once upon a time and they say i'm an ipa drinker now and then you give them an IPA. They're like, "Oh, this is so bitter. Why?" Is it, ugh. And I'm like, like, "No, that's, that's an IPA. I don't really, I don't really like hops, but I like IPAs." Right? There's Listen no, to what you just said, friend. There's, <laughs> no, there's no buttered popcorn in this. Well, what's wrong with this? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that's. I mean, we hear that all the time, especially when we are at World of Beer more so than anywhere else. But yeah. I hear that all the time. Every single beer drinker thinks they're an IPA drinker because one, I think it's they don't really know, and it's just a tagline that they've heard. It's the most widely you know advertised style, and so they're like, "Oh, IPAs are craft beer. That's the same thing." It's, it's, like it's not. It's, it's not the same thing. <laughs> are you part of the club? Do you fit in? Like right. you have to like IPAs, even if you don't have a beard. Like if you want to hang out in this crowd, you have to Which like we IPAs. All do we all do. We, we all do. All have, we all so do. we're allowed to wear yeah, the yeah, IPA yeah. club because we yeah. have beards. <laughs> uh, even even the, the the place I work at, you know, someone we brew a lot of New England IPAs, and just last week someone's like, "Hey, I like IPAs, but I don't like hoppy IPAs." I'm like, well. 
Honestly, you I, probably I, came I, to the wrong place, really to be honest with you, dude. Like, don't even know what to tell you. Like, oh, so they're all hoppy. I'm like, that's that's the New England style. It's, it's like the it's main thing about it. None of it's better. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, I'll just get a flight of the IPAs. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> Enjoy. You're going to love them. Yeah, you know, so that's a good point. Maybe we'll touch on that in a future episode. But uh, yeah, that would be a good. That would be a good topic. Yeah, yeah. Good, t- good time to take a break. Go get yep. some beers. Let's get some back. beers. Yeah. I've got one that's we're gonna have to. Try we'll have. First. We'll have. You want to do that first or last? Do it we last. Ain't first or last? Do it last. <laughs> All right, we'll do it All last. Right, we'll be right back. Some more pours. Yeah. Yeah, we won a gold at the best Florida beer championships this year for that best stout in Florida. Check. Yeah, see, see, see your shirt. Do I need to flex or something? It's okay. Breathe in real good. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I naturally sit. <laughs> yeah. With a nice little twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta stretch that back out. Yeah, the back sounds like a little tight. Yeah, 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 I hear you. I'm with you on that. And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> so we have uh, two cupcake <laughs> flight trays, which I want to point out because that's kick ass. I really like it. It's pretty convenient. It's functional. I mean, when a beer spills, foams over, overflows, it catches it. And yeah. I feel real dumb. They can get messy. They can get messy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody bumps your table and they all. Yeah. They match our rusty old building. So let's get into it. So we're going to open, we're going to try some of the more common year rounds, more of the uh, the usual beers here. So we have, Jeff is trying the Strawberry Hat Blonde. Now, Alan, what is this? Straw, straw Hat. So straw Hat. Straw Hat. Did I say Strawberry? Uh, you did say Strawberry. Oh, it happens a lot. Straw hat. People order that strawberry, I mean, beer strawberry beer all the time at the bar, and I don't even correct them anymore. I just give them the strawberry beer. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Straw Hat is the very first beer we ever brewed here. It was our, really our test batch. It was our, we assume this is not going to be good and we're going to dump it. Yeah. And it ended up being pretty good. No, it's not. It's definitely really solid. It's light, crisp, refreshing, drinkable. We won a a bronze for that this year at the Best Florida Beer Championships. Um, So third best Blondale in the state. Um, Do you guys ever treat it with fruit? A little bit, yeah. Uh, As it is, it's our... It's definitely our best seller in the tasting room. We sell more Straw Hat than anything by a good amount. Um, it's That's a, interesting. It's a, there are a couple people that will pick up on this sometimes. It's a Belgian blonde, but we don't tell anybody that because mm-hmm. we use a... We well, just told a lot of people that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> now you guys know. <laughs> Shit. Secrets <laughs> out, everyone. Secrets out, everybody. <laughs> try it and see if you can pick it up. As it warms up, you can smell it a little. Yeah. But uh, we ferment it really, really cold, and we don't let that yeast produce any of those flavors or aroma that it wants to we we keep it cold now so, why why do you <sighs> try to think of the question how come you did a belgian blonde and not just a regular american blonde um the yeast strain is is really nice okay and to be able to use it and 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 get down to a, a low finish gravity which makes a, a, a crisp beer. I mean, you could almost think it was a lager because it, it finishes so low. Oh, but um, 
that's that's really what we wanted out of the out of a Belgian yeast strain. Yeah, it's so almost lagery. I was gonna, well, yeah, sorry, continue. Go ahead. Just, and just you get a lot of flavor and aroma from the yeast, um, you know, in a beer where you want it to be as simple as possible grain-wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so. you did you uh, treat the water for that, or use? Yeah, luckily here we have really soft water. Okay. So all we do is uh, charcoal filter. Okay. And then we can add back whatever we want. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, cool. It's uh, it's a cool style to make a core beer out of, and I think I've seen it starting to be more of a popular thing. The Blondale as a core line, uh, in in lieu of like a crisp lager of some kind that a lot of breweries have always built, like the backbone of so many breweries is a is a pale lager. Um, but I've been seeing people, that, especially in Florida, for whatever reason, I've been seeing the Kolsch's um, and then the Blondales come out as a style, but. The way this is brewed makes it, like you said, lagerish. So it's it's very approachable, very light bodied, but it still has enough of a backbone that you could, like Mike was saying, treat it if you want to. It stands on its own. It has a full body and flavor, but it also is so approachable for your Coors Light Bud Light drinker that comes out to your brewery and says, "I can't believe you don't have my favorite Bud Light." Um, you can say, "Well, look, I've got a beer that you know, similar body, much more flavor, better beer, obviously." But yeah. It's, it's approachable enough for your average beer drinker um, in a very cool style. And I feel like I've seen at least two or three breweries that have been doing the Blondales um, more recently, which is obviously it's a, it shows that that style is versatile enough to do that, to make it out of a core, to make a core beer out of. Yeah. It definitely fills in that need, too, because we get a, a lot of people in this town, hey, it's my first time here. I only drink Bud Light. What do you have? It's like, well, perfect. This is for you. Blonde, and it's right down there, 4.3, and Bud Light's 4.2, so yeah. it's right there. Awesome. I, li- I like, I used to the Belgian, now I can, like, I can kind of get the, it's it, subtle, get that subtle. but it's in subtle, there. Yeah. But I didn't answer your question. We do use that for Single Girlfriend, which we just kicked. You can see it's scratched out on the menu. No. Um, <laughs> so we use uh, Natalie's Orchid Island grapefruit juice out of Fort Pierce to make our Rattler Shandy with that. Ooh. Sorry. Very cool. Jeff, what we got next? Next up, uh, let's go straight Bottom. Down. Yeah, straight down. So that's going to be the Sandy Feet, which is an American wheat, which is uh, a pale wheat ale, which is, you talked about earlier. This was the second batch, and you said you did. was the right here is the Sandy Feet. So I haven't tried it yet, but. Go for it. It's, um, <laughs> as far as a wheat ale goes, I actually, when I was seeing it in the flight, when you pick it up, it's not as dark, but it almost looked like it has an amber hue to it. Like, a, it's not your traditional, like, what you'd expect from, like, a, a wheat beer. Color-wise, right, right, right. I mean, it's really a, a pale ale, but you know, it's it's a wheat pale ale, yeah. an American <laughs> oh. wheat beer. So I mean, there's there's still because yeah, it's got like a very floral, um, fruity, like almost not crystal sweet. hops. Yeah, that's all crystal. It's a fruity notes to it on the nose. Definitely, and it's a six point four, so Ooh. it gets your uh, gets your ABV fix. You know, it's, it's an interesting beer. You know, we'll never win a medal for it. We'll probably never submit it to a competition. It just really doesn't fit any of the styles well enough. You know, you know we talk I, about brewing true to style. That, that one's a little off. That's one of the only recipes that we've never changed. I really like that a lot. Yeah. I really like that. We have a lot of people that follow that beer. When they bring people in that have never been here, they're like, you got to have the Sandy Feet. Yeah. Similarly, like kind of what I was saying, it's approachable to your average beer drinker because it's not overly heavy, but it had, that one has like an insanely uh, unique character to it. And the nose is, is awesome. The nose almost has like a, like a white wine kind yeah. of, uh, like kind of fruit pop. Yeah, it's kind of like melon. And, yeah. 
It's a good crossover beer. Oh, absolutely. That's, that is one of the cooler beers I've tried lately. That's very unique. Yeah. Thank you. Pass it back. All right, what do we got next? Next is the Baby Cakes Oatmeal Stout, which we just, I actually already have tried some of Cassie's, so if you want it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, this one you said is an award winner, right? Yeah, we won gold for that this year at the Best Florida Beer Championships. So, uh, pretty pretty uh, stoked on that. That's a good roast. Best stout in the good state, roast. I guess. Drinkable body. Yeah, a lot of oatmeal, a little bit of lactose. It's the only beer here that we put lactose in. Yeah, that is smooth, good body, good flavor, not overly anything, not overly like poking it. It's very balanced. That's solid all the way through. Yeah. And what made you come up with Baby Cakes as the name? <laughs> that is uh, our head brewer Mike's nickname for his wife. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh. Nice. So I like that's, it. That's her beer. That is brewed for Brooke. Okay. Uh, brewed for Brooke. Wow, that'd be a good name. Too. It, has, it has a good roast, a good good flavor. The oatmeal comes through. I, I really like it. And what's the ABV on that one? 5.2. Ooh, that's okay. A that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we wanted it to finish low as well, you know, not be overly sweet. You know, we try and make everything drinkable. Now, for the Florida um, contest that you guys had mentioned, you know, a few of these at one Metal sport, do they break this category out the same way as JBF? Uh, Pretty much, yeah. It depends on how many stouts are entered so because there's like eight different – su- the exactly. There's, you know, there's six or seven different subcategories of stout, you know, dry and oatmeal and sweet stout. And, yeah, that is an oatmeal stout. And it was up against all stouts. So if you look at who won, you know, second and third may have been a, a dry stout. Oh, okay. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it, it's definitely deserving of, of metals. It's, it's definitely a good stuff. Yeah. Awesome. So the next one I'm excited about because it's one of my favorites. I haven't had too much walking tree, to be honest, but the ones I do have, this is a favorite of mine. And it's a style that's been growing on me in the last couple year, year and a half, mm-hmm. the white IPA. The white IPA. The white IPA. The white IPA or IPAs in general? White IPA. I, IPAs okay. in general. But white IPAs. Yeah, white yeah. IPA. Particularly, yes. What I love about this beer, and as I said earlier in the show, this is the one that I have on permanent tap at Black Marlin, um, and and I absolutely love it. I think it is for for uh, local IPAs. It is the perfect balance. It's light, um, citrusy, grapefruity, approachable, but also still has that great hop character. Um, and this is one of my favorite in, in the state as far as IPAs go. I some of them get so funky and so they're so obsessed with the hops that they don't put the beer on display. And this one is a good balance between beer and hops. And, uh, and I think you use the right hops on it too for, for Florida, especially with the grapefruit kind of punch to it. We sell a ton of it. It's an awesome beer for us. So. Yeah. So what the, the white walking tree is, what ABV is that? 7.1. Ah. So we, we really designed it. You know, I, I grew up drinking the West Coast, you know, giant, malty, dank, bitter you know, piney, resinous IPAs, just bigger the better. And when we went to sit down and design our IPA, we're like, let's make one that you would drink at the beach, which nobody back, you know, seven years ago when we were designing our recipes, nobody would drink an IPA at the beach. That's just not what you do. (laughs) Yeah, so we tried to make it really (laughs) light-bodied, which allowed us... To use less hops, so it's not as aggressive. I mean, in order to be balanced, you know, when it's that dry, you know, you can't over bitter it. So, you know, from a financial standpoint, you know, it it's a pretty good beer because 
there's not a million dollars in hops in it. But you wouldn't know that, you know, <laughs> yeah. by tasting it and smelling it, you wouldn't know that. But it's such a light-bodied beer. Yeah. That now, they how just, well does that do for you guys in terms of? It's our second best seller here okay. in the tasting room, and it's our number one in distribution. So I think most breweries, their IPAs usually their number one. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, I, I knew as soon as I tried this, and I've been sampled on a ton of your beers throughout, you know, your distribution uh, with us. And, and as soon as I tried this, I was like, this fits the IPA tab for me personally perfectly because I. Prior to this, I had uh, Cigar City, High Lie, which everybody knows High Lie. Um, but High Lie is overly bitter to me. Um, I know it's everybody in Florida it says it's such a great beer. I've never been in love with it myself, but it's just so overly bitter, and it's not approachable. To, unless you're in a, a craft beer-centric place, then I, I don't think it's as approachable as, let's say, this is. Um, and for me, I get craft beer curiosity more than I get craft beer drinkers. Um, they know they don't like Bud Light and Yingling, but they know, but they want something a little bit higher, but they don't even know what it is. And that's where I'm at. I'm not even at craft beer, like intermediate. People want my, like, we're curious about it, but. Yeah, really what is it? Um, yeah. And so I wanted a very approachable IPA. And like I said before, everybody says they're an IPA drinker. Well, even the people who are like, I'm an IPA drinker, but they don't really know. This is just, just on the low end of hoppiness enough for them. But it's also for your big time IPA drinker. They like it too. It's got that citrus pop and that nice. So I think it's just a perfect, well rounded IPA. Awesome, thanks. Yeah, yeah, it's good. If, you, if you can handle the ABV, it's it's yeah. designed to, yeah, oh yeah. to be I'll drank. You know, this that's actually a good point because it doesn't taste like it has. That's what is seven point one? You said. Yeah, it yeah. Tastes Oof. Like it tastes like five ish. So yeah. be careful. <laughs> yeah. The last one is the Prop Root English Pale Ale. Did I get that right? You did. Perfect. So this started out as one of our cores, and we've uh, traded it out for baby cakes. It's still a really good seller for us in distribution and, and in the tasting room. It's probably our staff's favorite beer, and it's it's you know it's probably closer to a, an ESB, but oh yeah, you know nobody knows what an ESB is around here. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's a it's an English pale ale. Yeah. It. English malts are just so unique. You can always taste a beer that has that English malt in it, and that's that is like that's the epitome of it. It's on display. It's all um, about the malt. Really good beer. The, the yeah. malt really shines through in that a lot. I like the mm-hmm. the caramel aspect that the malt kind of showcases, and it's light with like a dry finish. A little yeah. dry finish, but it's really light. And like for Florida it being hot, like these are all really kind of hitting the right spot for not only drinking multiple ones, but also. Which we, not like which we like getting full, right, <laughs> but not least. getting full or they're not heavy. That's definitely a beer that you have to educate people on because they see pale ale and they get it and it doesn't have citra hops in it and they freak out. Oh my god! Yeah. You know what is this? This isn't a pale ale. Why is it this color? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just go into the next flight. Where's Fine as well. That? Okay, so that was the core yeah, line. That's the core line. The more, um, I don't want to call it mainstream beers because that's not what they are, but the the stuff that you guys have year round available. Yep, right? that's that's so year that's round. That. And then we've got. Another more. We got, we got another and, cupcake tray. Yeah, this this another cupcake tray. I just picked some that are fun. I mean, there's we there's like. uh, we have we like twenty four beers or something on right now, so we're only drinking ten of them. And uh, I kind of picked my favorites on this flight. Oh, okay, Perfect. there you go. So we're you wouldn't you wouldn't have uh, any way of knowing this. We're big uh, weird beer people. So anything that's kind of weird and obscure, we we like to talk about whether it's good or bad. We just kind of like it just to try it. So yeah. uh, we always like when people are like, oh, we've got some kind of weirder stuff or fun stuff. We're like, oh, we'll try that out. So the first one here is the cy- uh, Booter Cycle. Boater Cycle. Boater Cycle. 
Do you know I what a, you know what a motorcycle is? No, never heard of it. It's a jet ski. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Of course you knew what it was. Well, I'm, from, I'm from South Florida. Motorcycle, <laughs> yeah. what was that? So it's a session IPA, correct? You got it. And what's the ABV on it? 4.4. Uh, 4. Mm. So I think uh, style guidelines it can go up to five. In my opinion, a 5% beer is not a session beer. That's an because idea. Because I can't <laughs> drink yeah, eight right, of them. Right. You know, uh, this so has 4.4. 4. This has a solid punch. This there's is a like, lot to I mean, it. I haven't even tried it yet. I'm just saying the nose. Like, that's a lot of hop. Like, that's a good hop character. That sits to me the same as the walking tree. Like, that grapefruit, just not as potent. The white IPA, you're saying? The white IPA, yeah, not yeah, yeah. the walking tree. All of them are walking Well, they're all. <laughs> Goddamn, Jeff. Sorry, man. <laughs> the white IPA at Walking Tree. That's very. Yeah. yeah I like that a lot. It's the not it's, it's not as full bodied, which you would expect, obviously, because it's a session beer. You're not trying to get the same body. But yes, it's it's got similar characteristics. Yeah. Um, I think the nose is actually stronger. I mean, a lot, that's a powerful nose on that. It's Big pretty fan. fresh, too. It mm-hmm. just came out. And that you guys do. I like the fact you guys do session IPAs because not a lot of breweries do that. And I think Session IPA should be making a comeback. Give me all the yeah, sessions. Yeah, they, they, they'll cycle back in, I think. Yeah. Once we get tired of New England's. Uh, <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen anytime soon. So the next one we have is going down the Barnacle Manatee English Barley Wine. Oh, yeah. That's uh, this one we've heard a, big one. a lot about. What? Can I ask you, so how did you come up with that name? I've, this is the second barley wine that's had the name Barnacle in it. Really? That I've tried. I wonder who else is doing a, a barnacle. I wanted to say. Oh, I think he, I'm probably wrong. I don't want to. I'm not going to say it because I'm probably wrong. <laughs> we'll say it after or when I'm not on the air. But I'm pretty sure. That, no, I've had one that is barnacle, <laughs> but I don't want to say the brewery that it is because I might be wrong. So I'm going to just hold off. But I had it's this barnacle. I, I, I thought that so was like a thing. The story behind Barnacled Manatee is there was a group of guys here in Vero when I was in high school that would. Uh, go out back when our power plant here was operational. It's it's shut down now, but there's a power plant on the river, and they'd pump out hot water in the winter, and the manatees would all stay. Mm-hmm. The only reason they stayed here in the winter is because of that water source. And so they would go out on their boats, these knuckleheads, get all drunk, and they'd ride the manatees. They'd put wetsuits on. <laughs> Because they'd be in jail nowadays. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> they're so protected now. Oh it's yeah, they, I think they were then too. Uh, but well, what, you know. So these guys, these maniacs, would would put wetsuits on because um, the barnacles would shred you. So when they get that big, the barnacles grow on their back, and um, they would they would bring cabbage or whatever and get them up to the boat and and jump off and straddle them, hang onto their fins, and go for a wild ass ride. You know, they look like big, slow creatures until you jump on their back. They're not. They're fast well, and they're yeah. powerful. Look how big their tail is. <laughs> yeah. Move. yeah. It's like redneck bull riding. Like, yes. <laughs> but in the ocean. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> well, <get> <laughs> well, at what point was regular bull riding, not redneck? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's ultra redneck. Man, it's um, so the craziest part of that story is uh, one night they were out with a, a new guy they had never been with before. They had been telling him about it. And uh, they were going to let him ride the first one. Um, and they saw one, so they pulled right up to it, and they're like, quick, 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 just, just do it, Joe, go, jump on, jump on, jump on. And he was like kind of a little hesitant, they're like, come on, jump. And so he jumps, straddles it, and he goes right through it. It had been, like, rotting and decomposing oh, for no. a week and, like, went straight through it. And it was full of crabs and fish and 
you know. Oh my things. goodness! Yeah, and I've seen. <laughs> have you seen the videos of beached whales? And you know what comes out of them when yeah. that happens? Oh god! That's the most gnarly story we've ever heard they, on the show. They fill with they fill with gas too, oh, so they yeah, just like kind of pop like a balloon. Right? It was probably sitting on the oh, bottom, no. and then when it yeah. floated up, they jumped right on. Yeah. So that's barnacle manatee. So anyway, <laughs> it's, 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 uh, I'm so it's, into this barley wine right now. Now that we heard that story, uh, no, I it's, really, it's yeah. a, a big dangerous beer. It is um, a big dangerous. So beer. English style, it's not as bitter as uh, as American. A little lower alcohol. I'm What's a, the ABV on it? Nine six. Nine. This batch, yeah, I believe. I love a style where nine six is lower alcohol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I do actually love barley wines. They're not. There, nobody really is making a ton of these because of the ABV on them, and they're just—I mean—that's a—it's a daunting task to even take one of these on. But I—I've always been a big syrupy beer person, and barley wines just nail it for me all the time. And the malts—the uh, malt character is always on display. They're super boozy, which I love, and especially like if you put it in a barrel and then you get the barrel and the booze. But this is uh, a phenomenal beer. I really like this one a lot. Thank you. We've done well with that beer uh, this year at the Best Florida Beer Championships. I think it won a silver or bronze. And last year, 2017, it won Best Beer in Florida out of 811 entries. It was awesome. best in show. I like that you guys win so many awards that you don't remember which ones won awards. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, this one won like a gold or a silver or something. Or, we, it, it won an award, we know, because we've won like 100. <laughs> It's no. a fun part of it. There's there's yeah. there's a lot of camaraderie going to the awards ceremony where all the brewers are there together and sharing each other's beers. It's it's one of the best parts of the industry. So what makes an English style different than an American style of barley wine? Um, bitterness, alcohol content, yeah, different hops, different malt. Um, it's definitely a, a more a drinkable style english style is 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 more drinkable it's not as boozy because i don't get as much raisins as i of, of a barley wine i had last night Ooh. we'll talk after the show i think a little more raisin can come with age yeah because i don't like the raisin but that's why i like this a lot more because i don't i don't like raisins so it's 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 a it's fun overwhelming style. sometimes it blows my mind. Um, there's a lot of women that come in here and they just drink wine and they don't like beer. And it's like, you know, if I have time, I'll spend a minute with them. I'm like, hey, well, try this. Yeah. And I'll usually give them, uh, you know, an ounce of barnacled manatee. And they're like, you can just see it all over their face. They've never had anything like that. You know, they yeah, think yeah. beer is Bud Light. Mm-hmm. Right. And, right. Uh, so we've, we've introduced a lot of women to that. We get to come in here and have a couple of Which, pints. I'm like, who's driving you? That's a, that's <laughs> yeah. a pretty untraditional style to say, like like a girl's beer, which we've talked about. We actually talked about it uh, Very a recently, couple, yeah. Yeah, a couple Very episodes recently, ago, yeah. how girl beer is not really a thing because, like, we drink ciders and, and hard seltzers and, and everything else. And then we've seen infinite amount of times where, you know, a couple comes into the world of beer or, uh, or wherever we work now, and they say, you know, one's getting a cider one's getting a double ipa which one's getting which and the girl's getting the double ipa nice and it happens more often than, than you think and i always fuck it up so, like i always like oh, oh so she's like no 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 uh, that 10 I mean, percent doubles mine like oh okay beer in front of the girl i just assume the guy's getting the cider i, I gotta start i gotta start I doing that doing that just because i think it's funny sometimes when I'm, when I'm wrong but you're almost wrong equal part yeah yeah but, um, <laughs> But no, I like I really like that beer uh, as far as its booziness. Here's uh, I have a pet peeve. It's like a, a kind of an off-topic thing. So the barley wine issue, I think, is how they package it, and it always comes in a bomber. 
And so you open the bomber, and you've got an 11% beer, and that's, it's like, what am I gonna, and that's a beer I would drink a whole bomber. You need friends, so, or. Yeah. So it's like, just put it out in 12 ounce bottles, that's what we need. That's two beers, really. 12 ounces of, of, a, of an 11% barley wine, you're not drinking that in one glass. You're gonna split that up in, into two, I mean not, you're gonna drink it at the same time, but that's two beers you're gonna get. Well, you make a very, very valid point, and it's happening more and more. If you keep an eye on ABC, the, the bomber shelves are shrinking. They're not, they're not selling. Yep. Low, low ABV <laughs> stuff, I'm cool with. I'm like, yeah. well, you put a nice limited release stuff, like a sour or something that's yep. five and a half. I'm like, I can do a bomber because yeah. usually you're sharing with somebody anyway. But when you're sharing a 12% beer, even sharing a bomber of a 12% beer, you're both going to get drunk Yep. <laughs> on one beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. yeah. There's definitely a move towards yeah. smaller package. Yeah, and I've done shows where I've done two bombers on my own, and Mike usually gets mad at me at the end of those. But <laughs> that's when that's when the good stuff comes out—the real good stuff. That's hey, when I just I'm really a whole bomber at my prime. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm opening Hunapu tonight. Great. That's Great. Here we be go. This show. Shit show. <laughs> Love it. Uh, the next one is the River Rat Rye Red Ale. River Rat Rye. River Red Ale. Rat Rye Red Ale. River Rat like Rye. So this is basically uh, an American Roggen beer. Roggen. So recipe-wise, it's it's pretty much a traditional German Roggen, but we use a clean American yeast strain instead of a, a you know a Hefeweizen strain. Um, so this is like forty percent rye in the grist, which is insane. The first time we made it, we made glue, and it took like five hours to lauder. Um, so wow. we've we've tweaked our process a little bit, but it's one of our better sellers. Uh, I think we've only done it twice. And so it was gone for a while, and I've probably heard more people complain about that beer being gone than any other beer. I like this one a lot because a rye is there, but it's not like, oh, my God, I'm not drowning in it. Right, it's, it's not, not spicy. It's not spicy, it's not sharp, but you, you pick up on it, and I'm very sensitive with rye, and that's, that's good. That actually might be one of my favorites so far. I was just going to say that. That's like a sneaky, weird, Twins. like, like <laughs> solid beer where I was expecting one thing when I saw Red Ale. I was um, expecting it to be spicy, like right. overwhelming. So that's, but then that like I, I stopped drinking it. I handed it uh, to Derek, and then I, I like just, like started looking. I'm like, wow, that beer is like that finish is so clean. It's like perfect. It, it left me like it just leaves you feeling good, right? Um, and I actually started looking at Cassie to see if she really liked it. When I was like, I was like, I hope she. Yeah, really they liked they it. were locking eyes. But like, what a <laughs> what a cool like I. I I would have not expected to feel that way about this beer when I was tr- when I first yeah. tried it, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it doesn't have an overwhelming punch of flavor, but it just like has a perfectly it's balanced. It just and I hate you, saying just, balanced, that, but it's balanced. I know it just leaves you feeling like wow, that beer really hit like it hit it out of the park for me. That might be one of my favorites today as well awesome. so far. So, I mean, so, we've got a, we got this big dog here. Yeah, so we're so we're eighty percent we're eighty percent done with the flights, and everything finishes very clean. Oh, I don't even feel like we've drank two flights right now. No. It's all just been very easy to yeah, easy and clean. approachable. So the next one is the is that Sparrow, Sparin, Sporin, Sporin, Sporin is the uh, name of the pouch on the front of a kilt. Oh, that's where you put the junk. You got it. <laughs> Keeps the boys in place. <laughs> That's the new shirt now. That's <laughs> from a, you can't see that. We can't take that. It's from a, what is it? A Glidden, Gilden underwear commercial or something? I don't know. What's her name? Always tells us that. Seeing these are fine. <laughs> so that one. the boys in place. 
So we're definitely malt heads here. Yeah, you it know, does. If you look was, at our yeah. menu, we've got a few IPAs, but so <laughs> for the most part, it's all malty beers. Very malt forward. Very that initial punch that from the Scot awesome. from the Scottish. Like uh, that finish is very caramel. Eighty yeah. shilling. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's good. What a cool that's that finish is like my favorite finish yet. That oh, like, that's on nitro. So that helps. Oh, that explains so it. Smooth. <laughs> yeah. oh, that so smooth. So smooth, and the finish was that. just like. It's po- that's a potent finish. That's like strong. That's Everything's better on nitro, buddy. There's a lot like of life advice. That'll, that'll be our next year. Everything's better on nitro. It's true. Yeah, we put a I, lot. Of, I oh, we put a lot of things on nitro. I don't. <laughs> yeah. nec- uh, well, that's another topic. I don't necessarily believe that. That's fine. You don't have to. So be a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. You're wrong. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. The last one is second the, to last one. Uh, all right, the last of the flight, the second to last beer we have, uh, the Mister D's Dortmunder Export. I'm very excited about this one. Yes. I love this style. I love sending this one to GABF this year. Cool Ooh. style, very very cool style. And I've seen Dortmunder a few times. Now Whoa. wait, it's good. You wouldn't happen to know? Is this at Vine and Barley right now in Stewart? It is right. Yeah, <laughs> He's so just a, a casual. The, you know it. So the reason, <laughs> I haven't tried it. I haven't tried it. I haven't been able to get over there. But I, their bartenders have been talking about the beers they have. Oof. They come and talk to me about, about beer occasionally. But yes, that's. Uh, I have heard that this is over there. So this this uh, has a connection through Vine and Barley. This beer was a collaboration that we did with Etienne uh, Bourgeois of the Dude, Treasure killer. Coast Brewmasters, good buddy of mine. He um, he's helped us out a lot and. Just kind of reviewing our beers and and helping us critique recipes. He's a incredibly talented brewer. A very very uh, uh, he has a lot of medals. I just say that. So we actually submitted this beer last year to the Great American Beer Festival in the Pro Am category because he won a national homebrew competition medal with that beer. And it's it's a fun beer because it's not lagered traditionally it's uh, a really short fermentation process yeah which is nice you don't have to tie up a tank for three months uh-huh. um, so we yeah we we brewed that with atn and people loved it so much we brew it all the time it's named after my dad mr d that was atn's name we let him pick the name um it's you know it's it's hoppy like it's it's bitter like a pilsner it's malty like a hellas it's a it's a wonderful style. Five point eight. Oh, it's, it's a, a very cool it's a big style. lager. It, yeah, it, I was gonna say pilsner, and then it has like that like super unique, cool finish, like funky almost. And I was I, the finish. I, at first, I tried it, and I like I, Mike looked right at me. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "What was that? <laughs> that was crazy." Yeah, no, it's that's a fantastic beer. I like that style too. I've I've seen that very rarely, but it's such you a don't cool style. See many. Yeah. There's only one other brewery that has had a Dortmunder. It's Rap and Seminole. And that's, of course, because he's made 700 different yeah. beers. That's the he's only the, other place Because I've he ever makes seen every it. German style that's ever existed yeah. in, in crazy amounts yeah. of them. <laughs> that is, your, your description of the Dortmunder, Dortmund is, is spot on. Like, mm-hmm. it's a little bit of everything. And at 5.8, excuse me, uh, it's, man. Awesome. I can't think of one beer I, I didn't like. Oh here so we go. That means that this one's gonna be the one. You. Oh god, <laughs> this is it. This is. I'm gonna go over the fence now. All right, so this is the one. This is a GABF. What? Well, not this one particularly. So the base beer of this one, a GAB, GABF bronze, correct? Yep. Great American Beer Festival, uh, 2017. 
we won. Uh, Especially not very many. How many Florida breweries even? 2013, three medals in Oh, gosh, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, I want to say there were about 90 stouts in the category, so 90 of uh, America's best, if you will, hopefully. Hopefully everybody sent their best. Do you guys follow untapped ratings as kind of like a point of reference? or We do. you got to be real careful to I, not oh, get emotional about oh, yeah. it. I know the whole. You know, you gotta you got to really try hard not to cuss people out online that give you right. a half a, or a quarter a quarter star and then they say I don't like IPAs and give you a quarter star. Like, we'll talk well, off air about doing? how much I hate Untapped. All right, but cool. We got me and Derek got here a little bit earlier um, and I was kind of scoping the bombers out and I was looking at Untapped and that this Duke Snyder scored incredibly high. You know, I haven't even looked at it yet because it's so new. It only came out a couple of weeks ago, so I don't even know if it has I enough think ratings. It's about a four point four eight. It probably only has which is a couple dozen ratings at this point. Though true, yeah, probably. But it piqued my interest, and then Jeff, <laughs> and then Jeff, you uh, doubling up over there? Jeff's double fisting Jeff's bourbon barrel aged imperial Jeff's, Jeff's stouts. <laughs> Jeff, you're cut off. <laughs> I decided to put. I can't count apparently. It's awesome. So yeah, when when <laughs> when, it's when it's awesome. Oh man, I can smell it from here. I mean, so lifted my glass. Here is the GABF. Uh, it's just Duke Steiner. Yeah, which was one of the coolest feelings of my entire life, really. You uh, serious right now? This smell? I'm about to lose my shit. I'm about to lose it. I'm about to lose it. Oh my god. Okay, so we gotta slow down. The second that I said when I texted you, I was like, we're going to walking tree. I was like. So tell us a little bit about the base and then kind of how you went about treating, not how you treat it as bourbon, but kind of that thought process of throwing it in bourbon, kind of like the process of, you know, letting it sit, how long did you let it sit and all that kind of thing. So, um, again, this is a British style. uh, We prefer the less bitter, lower alcohol uh, British style. So... Imperial Stout, I mean, one of the one of the best beer styles ever made. Oh, um, so good. We, uh, <laughs> yeah, we sent it to GABF. We were blown away and shocked. I mean, did not expect that whatsoever. When they called our name, we were like, "Did they? Was that?" That's that <laughs> wait, wait, that's <laughs> me? Like, really? Why is the lights on me? What? Yeah, crazy. Where we work again? So that was a lot of fun. And then we um we put it in. This is actually double barrel aged, so it it sat in barrels for probably like, you know, six months, and it really didn't develop as much as we wanted it to. So we're like, well, let's let's throw it in fresh barrels. So we went again with uh, four roses, and good pick. Yeah, we're about I think fifteen, sixteen months in oak total, which was a lot longer than I expected it to be but i just it needed it we kept pulling nails yeah. and tasting it and tasting it and it's such a big beer that when it finally hit that spot we're like all right it's done let's let's drink it already and on a much smaller scale i know that the barrel age conundrum we do a barrel age cocktail at black marlin and it sits at first i was like we'll let it sit for a month you know and, and then a month turned into two and i'm like man a two is really awesome so now it's like two and a half months it says on the menu one month we like age it two and a half months nice it's just like that oak you think would absorb way faster it's it's surrounded by oak but it just doesn't get into the drink as fast as you think it would it takes a while for the oak you get a lot of spirit pickup pretty quick i mean you could taste the bourbon 
an hour after it's been in there, you know, but the oak takes a while. It's all that char. It, it just takes a while to get There's a little vanilla. And then, you know, going through a season change is important, I think, especially for a beer this big. Um, you know, because we're not, we're not conditioned here. So we, <laughs> there were nights this winter where it's 40 degrees in this tasting room. And if you don't have a parka, you're not hanging yeah. out. And then it gets 100 degrees. And, and that wood shrinking and, and swelling and pushing all those flavors out, I think, is, is important. What's the what's the ABV real fast on that? Ten on the dot. Uh, now Cass, what? Now Cassie's not a huge barrel aged drinker, and I just looked over at her, and she's like blown away and shaking, like wow, that's amazing. And this is, uh, I, I think, this is one of my favorite stouts I've had. Which, uh, oh ever, god, one of my favorite stouts. It's so had. good. Um, it's it's fantastic, and uh, I'm a big imperial stout and a big barrel aged guy, so this is really really good, um, especially for a straight up. Stout, not like a you know, flavor, dessert, whatever. Pastry stout. Pastry stout. This is like, this is right on, nail style. Um, obviously, I like the barrel. I would love to try the non-barrel aged version, just for point of reference. Yeah, we just ran out. No big deal. Shit. Next time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Brew it again in December. But what a, what, what a phenomenal beer. Uh, and and when we, we actually reported this GABF when we did our, because we've been we did. it. Almost, yeah, going up three years, October, yeah. So we, I remember doing this GABF report and we talked about this beer. And the biggest thing that stands out to me is what a competitive category that Imperial Stout is. Um, you look at, because it'll tell you when you look at the GABF results, how many entries there were. Yeah. And there's categories where there's six entries. Imperial Stout has like 200. Yeah. You know, so like to get, to be one of the top three of that category from all over the country and world, it's just like... Yeah. It's absurd. We were pretty shocked. A, a fun story real quick. The guy that won, and I say the guy, silver and gold. Um, so I, I was I was actually at a brewery in Asheville, and he saw my shirt, walking tree shirt, and he's like, oh, shit, I know you guys. You won a bronze, a GABF. And I'm like, all right, how the hell? There's, <laughs> the hell are there's, there's 90 categories, and yeah. this guy knows that we won. He's like, my buddy started a brewery in Montana, won a GABF Imperial Stout medal like eight years in a row with his Imperial Stout. Then he left that brewery and started another brewery and basically took his recipe with him and started brewing it at this new brewery. Mm. The original brewery kept brewing that same recipe. Those two breweries that were started by the same dude with the same recipe – one gold and silver in front of us. <laughs> There's an asterisk there. I was like, so really, this is the gold medal. <laughs> really, we're a, a silver. Because the silver. other one's the same yeah, beer. Yeah, hard silver. Yeah, I don't know. I thought that was pretty crazy. He was so excited to tell me the story. That's the second craziest story I've ever heard on the show. <laughs> what a what a guy though. We need to be that guy. <laughs> right? What a guy. this guy crushes this imperial guy? stout. This, this god is the king of the imperial stout. Yeah, he is. He should just open like six breweries. He'll never lose a category. And just keep again. doing the same, <laughs> just do the same recipe at all six breweries. Like, have you ever like brewed a beer and like thought to yourself like, got it, like nailed it? There's been a couple. Like, because it's a is gamble. This one of them? It's, it should it's be. definitely a gamble. You never know what Was you're going to get. One of them, you know? and you, you try, you like fucking nailed it. The you bourbon. So everybody you see, like, <laughs> boom, <laughs> boom, son, did it, got it. The base was good. 
I was shocked that we won GABF. Totally shocked. The the bourbon barrel version is is probably one of the best beers we've ever made. And this batch of Barnacled Manatee, it's our third batch, is also leaps and bounds better than the first two. I love that beer. But yeah, there's there's definitely been a few where it's like, oh shit, those, <laughs> like, those <you're> like, two, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll get it. it. Yeah, those those two, it's those two that you just said are are my two favorite today, um, which I would have expected because of just I, I'm a syrupy big beer drinker. But I was surprised by a couple of them. Um, the the rye red ale I yeah. thought was phenomenal. Yep. Um, I really liked the American wheat, the sandy feet. I yes. thought that was really, yeah. really, really good. And the prop root English pale as well were two. Those were like the three surprises that I was like, sure, wow, sure, sure. blown awesome. away by how cool those beers were for the style. Um, but the two big, I'm just uh, you can't you can't change. I'm an old dog, can't change me. I like those big <laughs> syrupy beers. Yeah, yeah buddy. Nerd so, syrup. Um, in wrapping up, I want to ask you one last question. Do you plan on, on – I know obviously you bottle some stuff. Do you ever plan on moving to cans or maybe more Absolutely. distro? Absolutely. I mean, we're only two years old now as of a few weeks ago. Oh God, God, that's it? Years. We've all been doing this podcast years. longer, and we're nowhere. And we're nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> we're nobody. We're nobodies. <laughs> yeah, we, we definitely uh, – we're in the process of doubling our walk-in cooler – square footage right now yeah um that's the first step towards canning we've already got a new row of tanks in so we're ready to can but um yeah the, the cooler space is an issue so sure. once that project's done we'll buy a canning line we'll start getting out there i mean 70 percent of the beer sold in florida is packaged so we're only in 30 percent of the market it's crazy wow i would have not guessed that yeah so we we you know we're shooting ourselves in the foot not getting into that. So distro is actually a distro is the monster. Yeah, they don't treat it that way. Distribution no. the the sales no. reps don't treat it that way. They for sure treat it like on premises king. And yeah, it's definitely not. It no. depends depends how big you are. I mean, we're designed to distribute mm-hmm. our system and the space we have Huge to system. grow. Yeah, is for two is years designed all those for, tanks. Yeah, crazy. Well, I'll tell you, in, in downtown Stewart. I'm, every, most bars you walk into have a walking tree tap on. And I, I've seen it at least, it, whether it's a rotational or it's a permanent tap, I've seen it pretty much most of the bars down there. Yeah. And for two years, that surprises me because I actually, I think we started putting you guys on over a year ago. So I didn't even realize you guys weren't a year old when we started putting your stuff on. <laughs> yeah. And you and you took over a Cigar City spot. It's awesome. <laughs> so, love hearing it. I love a high live. So, White Oak High Live is one of my favorite beers. We, we do it. White Oak, Oak High like, you're damn right, yeah. buddy. Right. Yeah. Uh, now you're talking a different story with White Oak. No, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. I actually did not realize you guys were that young. I guess we probably should have done our research like always. But we didn't realize that you were People that young. People know what they're getting at this point with us. You better. We're like 60 episodes <laughs> yeah, in. They know. They know. Yeah, Stuart's been real good to us. There's an amazing craft beer scene down there, Stuart and Jensen. There's there's craft beer drinkers, and there's no brewery. It's so weird, right? God, I don't understand it. Somebody open a you, brewery in Stuart. let me know. Come on, gonna guys. Do we're going to yeah. do this thing. You let me know. <laughs> yeah. uh, are you going to put the, uh, the the white IPA in the oak thing? Yeah. Yeah, that peach oak thing? Absolutely. You let me down. <laughs> so, so you, want, you want to wrap up jeff wrap it up yeah, let's wrap it up we're about wrap the, it up, like a little right. over an hour mark so yeah alan now's your now's your spot under uninterrupted while i oh, sip shit. on this delicious double barrel stout plug away plug away hot damn all right pressure's on 
Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I don't know, man. What am I supposed to say about Walking Tree? Um, you know, Sex, the, drugs, and rock and roll. <laughs> That's us. That's what we do. You know, we're definitely focused on quality. Somebody once said to me, uh, the secret to making good beer is dumping bad beer. And <laughs> that is Why awesome. is that so funny? You know, it's... Like it's like that shouldn't even be a secret. It should be a freaking rule. Like you, there's so many people. I mean, no offense, but that are just putting out beer that that should not be out. Dump it. Like you're hurting everybody. Yeah. So while we've been really fortunate, and out of the, uh, we're probably up to 150 batches now. We've only had to dump a couple, and you know that has always been in my mind the secret to. Good beer is dumping bad beer. And so every time we taste every single batch, when we taste it, I know that it's a, it's a dumper. If, it's, if it needs to get dumped, you dump it. It's you know, dumper. no matter. Another new shirt. <laughs> it's a dumper. You know, but we've been really fortunate. We've been really lucky. We haven't had to dump anything in a very, very long time. And, uh, you know, our head brewer, Mike, is just doing a fucking killer job. He's a great brewer. We have one of the cleanest brew houses I've ever seen. I've been to 100 breweries and... That place is spotless. You walk around back there, and it's just, it looks like we installed it yesterday. It's spotless. And the fact that you can see it, too. Like, it's pretty visible. That helps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If your brewery's behind closed doors, it's easy to just go home and clean it tomorrow. Yeah. But no, we've been, we've been real fortunate. Florida's been real good to us. We're on tap in over 350 bars and restaurants throughout the state. Which Black is Marlon's one of them. Kind of insane. <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, we do a lot of events here. Um, we work with a lot of charities, and uh, you know we're we're just all about camaraderie and and the industry and and seeing more and more people get into the hobby. You know, there's there's just the 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 beauty to me is seeing three generations of family sitting at the bar having a beer together. That just doesn't happen. And you know we're we're trying to just be a hub for community involvement. I mean we. <laughs> We do a thing here where we have a, you know, we've had all the, the city council members that were running for office up on stage debating. We held a debate here. <laughs> I never in my life thought I would hold a freaking debate. I don't know anything about politics. And here we are holding a political debate. I mean, just the amount of stuff here. We've, we have every few months we have uh, professional wrestling. That's right. Like broken chairs over their head, jumping off the rafters. <laughs> Oh yeah, there's yeah. there's one coming up here. Yeah, and this place gets packed, and there's kids in the front row, and there's you know nine different matches, and they're jumping into the stands, and like it's it's insane professional wrestling. And we also do a, a 200 person professional like black belt jujitsu training camp they do in here a couple times a year. I mean, just the amount of uh, crazy, weird-ass events. There's, not, there's nothing we won't do. Basically what I'm saying, there's nothing we won't do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, this is the community. Yeah. There's a wrestling and a birth. Dude, that's crazy. Oh, look it up. It's a real thing. I think, like, I think most of the big-name wrestlers came out of either, like, Miami or Vera Beach. It's, like, a real thing. It's so this, odd. This, this episode's already too much right now. Too much good information. So, anyway, Jeff, you got anything to plug? Do I ever? Yes. Uh, one, I think that's the best quote I've ever heard about making good beer. Making good beer means pouring bad beer. 
We've talked about that so many times. It's a dumper. Dumping. Dump it. It's a dumper. Dumping bad beers. And there are breweries that you can... I've written off breweries just because they've released beers that I think they should have dumped up. And I can't believe they did you know? Yeah, I know you got bills to pay, but you're not going to be able to pay them if people don't come back. As Derek was... Well, it's a big old dumper. Yeah, talk about your shirt, talk about your shirt. Which obviously we've said similar, it's a similar quote uh, meaning-wise, but we have our quality over everything shirt, which is uh, basically the same thing. If you're not putting out a quality beer, you shouldn't be putting it out. It's, that's the key. Yeah. Quality over everything. Um, it's all that matters. It doesn't matter whatever else you're putting in there. Um, that's that's kind of what I felt the whole time. I mean, like instantly when you said that, I'm like, this guy's a freaking god. <laughs> he knows. He knows. He knows too he much. Knows too much. <laughs> but yes, obviously, that uh, it, it really spoke to me when you said that. And I think that that is something that every brewery, small breweries, need to do, especially at the beginning. The big brewers and the guys, I mean, they have the money and the backing to do it, and they probably do it more often than not as dumb and bad batch. But you small breweries have to understand that anything you put out is going to influence your following and who you are as a, as a company, your identity. And dumping bad beer is as valuable to you as, as making good beer. And to all of us. Because if somebody's never had craft beer before and they try one that's not good, that's it. They're not coming back. Yeah. You know, and we need these customers. So yeah, you've got over five thousand craft breweries in the country now and growing every day and marginally worse product is making it into the market every day. And there's a responsibility for brewers to wake up and say, We can't allow this to continue. And there's a and we've talked about it and we'll get on a whole different topic that we'll get on another day, but there's an obligation on us as consumers to do the same and say we can't support bad beer because it's hurting good beer. Um, it's but true. that's something that we need to wake up and all get behind as well. But uh, hearing you talk about it, and obviously we tried all these beers, they're all great. Um, we know you're doing it right. So this is a brewery that you can definitely support with confidence. Come out and try it. You know they're gonna dump the bad beer because that's like their whole motto. Yeah. <clears throat> so my plug would be Walking Tree. Obviously, we're here. We're in Vero Beach. Um, one thing that people may not realize is that we get approached frequently about bre- wanting breweries, wanting us to go to breweries. And me and Jeff talk at length about, is this brewery worth it? Is it, you know, is this kind of in our wheelhouse? Is this what we vibe with? Is this, So we take brewery highlights incredibly serious. And I'm glad that you were able to sit with us and, and have fun and talk today last minute but i'm glad that we came because oh, you've had a walk tree i've had some walking tree and the, the vibe the walk tree and the, the beers that we've had had vibes to what we stand with is the quality over thing that's good craft beer and i'm, I'm glad that we came and i want to give walking tree a shout out on my plugs um because this is all great the vibe is great the beers are great the people are great we're having a good time and, and this really is what you know our show is about and we want to promote those people doing it right, doing it right every time, and, and the people that are worth the trip out. Like right. this is worth. You're not a, a, a you know a huge hike off of 95. It's a it's a 15 minute drive off 95, which is I can understand a little daunting for some people. But when you're going out in search of beer, I think people travel in search yeah. of beer. This is a brewery worth traveling to. Sure. Um, and, and I want people to understand that and put that on their list. Like, if you're coming from Orlando down to South Florida, stop off, hit off Walking Tree. Like, it's a great spot to get some good beers, take a break, yep. start your drive back down, and, and we, it's, it's worth it. Or up, if you're going uh, from South Florida up. Yep, yep. Uh, it's, it, it is a brewery worth making a destination.
Yeah, and that's all so I gotta say about that. I'm gonna keep drinking this bourbon stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's delicious. Well, nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing but warm and fuzzies over here for days me, off. man. You yeah, I get days are, off. You guys man. are flattering as shit. You guys are the reason, really, that I got into this industry. This, this is just cool as hell. You know, I mean, that's why we keep doing awesome. it almost three years later. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He hasn't quit yet. <laughs> so anyway, Walking Tree, Vero Beach, come on down. Tell them that At The Bar sent you. Obviously, the At The Bar podcast plugs. We have a website. Walking Tree has a website. Come on down. Visit. Hang out. I'm Mike. We got Jeff. We got Alan. And we got the whole At The Bar podcast crew here. We got the whole team. We got Derek. We got Cassie here. The whole team. So anyway, once again... Until next time, we will see you guys at the bar. See ya!